Aloha, and welcome to Reflections on Interpretation, talking story with guides and interpreters. I'm Tim Merriman, your host on the Big Island of Hawaii. And today it's my pleasure to welcome a friend, a guide that I've been in the field with a number of times, Jean-Marie Chwambase. And he is a safari guide and wildlife photographer in Rwanda. Welcome, Jean-Marie. Well, Jean-Marie, it's great to see you again. Uh, let's see, how long has it been since we saw you last? Yeah, very nice to see you, uh, Tim. Uh, the last time we met was, uh, uh, if I remember well, it's about uh, one and a half year. You were in Rwanda last year in, in March. 2022, yeah. I remember when we were with you, you talking some about growing up in Rwanda. Where where did you grow up exactly? Uh, well, I was born and uh, raised uh, near Volcanoes National Park that is uh, in the northern part of Rwanda. Uh, that's where I grew up, basically, in a village called the Chiniji. Yeah, I re remember you saying that uh, when we would drive down the road, we would see kids walking and carrying things to sell at market that you said I was one of those kids. Yes, uh, this time when uh, I drive up there with uh, uh, my guests and uh, I see these kids coming running next to the road, waving to us, it brings back my image of uh, Jean-Marie as a very young boy of maybe five to seven years old like that. Uh, so I was, I was one of those kids and I used to uh, supply produce to the market, uh, walking about 15 kilometers one way. Oh, wow. Uh, selling after selling, I walk back home. <laughs> so what, what day of the week would you do that? Uh, the market was happening uh, twice a week, Monday and Thursdays. So every time my mom was ready for me, uh, I mean, wanted to send me to the market. So that's was a off day from school. <laughs> what would you be selling? Uh, potatoes, mainly. For those who don't know, um, my, you'd correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I want to get this right. Rwanda mm -hmm. is one of the most densely populated countries on the African continent. And a lot yes. of it, a lot of it is subsistence farming. And in the higher yes. elevations, a lot of that farming is potato farming. Yes. That's correct. Yeah. And, and, you know, we live in Hawaii. And uh, like you, here on our farm, we, uh, we, as I see in Rwanda, we grow coffee, we grow mangoes, we grow uh, cacao for chocolate. And I, I know in Rwanda, I drive and it looks like very familiar terrain. And we have volcanoes. And so when you say, oh. yeah, when you say Volcanoes National Park, I have a Volcanoes National Park uh, about 100 kilometers east of us, Yes, active volcanoes. But you're talking about the Virunga volcanoes. And what are they famous for? Volcanoes National Park is a part of a uh, Virunga massive or Virunga ecosystem, which is shared by three countries. And uh, it is famous for the mountain gorillas that are found only in uh, three countries, which is Rwanda, Uganda, and uh, the, the, 
Democratic Republic of Congo. So, but uh, coming back on uh, Volcanoes National Park, on the Congo side, we have Virunga National Park, and the Rwanda has named its portion of a national park as a Volcanoes National Park to differentiate it from the Virunga on the other side of DRC. As my experience goes, I've been up with the gorillas three times. I think it's a life-changing experience for people because in meeting the, the world's largest primate and these massive silverbacks that are, what, uh, 250 kilos or no, 175 kilos, maybe uh, about 400, 350 to 400 pounds. These guys are strong, yes. big, and then they're amazingly gentle and protective of their family and tolerant of us if they've been habituated correctly. That fair statement? Yes. Yes. How many times have you been out with the gorillas, actually? Yeah. Um, thank you very much, Tim. Uh, every time you went up there to see uh, mountain gorillas, uh, you recall it was a unique experience uh, for you and uh, for the team you had as well. So myself, I have been to the uh, mountain gorillas uh, six times. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, every opportunity I get, I, I take it because uh, seeing these massive or giants uh, primates in front of you, it's an amazing experience because you get to see at a very close distance, you are on the same ground with them, and you are not in a sitting in a jeep, or you are not looking them through a glass window or something. So it's basically a great experience. So I have been there six times, and every chance I get, I just take it. And I've been able to capture pictures uh, and videos that I share on my uh, social media pages and oh, I love like looking back to the experience I had with them. It's always amazing. And you have a brother that's out with them more frequently than you, don't you? Oh, yes. Uh, for my brother, he's there uh, five days, four to five days a week because uh, he works as a, a research trucker. Uh, he works for the Dan Fosse Gorilla Fund International and he helps uh, researchers to collect all the data they need to like analyze the behavior change, what the gorillas like feeding on, what time of the day they like resting or breastfeeding. So that kind of stuff. And he, he loves it. Yeah, he's part of the family of the gorillas. <laughs> yes, I understand. Yeah. He, he's very friendly. I see him on social media quite a lot on Facebook and uh, Instagram and things. And uh, I always enjoy his posts because like your posts, very often magnificent photos of the mountain gorillas. I'll never oh, forget. Thank you. I'll never forget seeing Agasha and he sat down and put his hands under his chin and stared at us from about mm, 10 feet little over or a little less than three meters away his family was behind him and it felt like yeah. 
I'm dead and I'm grandpa and I'm watching you. Be nice and I'll yeah. let you stay here. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I ask you, I ask you how many times only because it's fifteen hundred dollars in Rwanda for a license to go up and and be with mountain gorillas for one hour only. I always tell guides when we're doing training, as you know, you were in some training with us about what, 10 years ago? Yeah, about 10 years ago. And I always tell guides who I know are going to train with gorillas, don't say that it costs $1,500 to spend an hour with gorillas. Say thank you for helping us protect gorillas 365 days a year, 24 seven. That, that, that $1,500 is supporting protection of an ecosystem, fielding of researchers and guides and trackers and uh, guards. Is that a fair statement about why, how that money is used? Yes, uh, that's a, a fair uh, statement. Uh, and you are right, because uh, $1,500, it's uh, really expensive. And uh, the gorilla permit for one hour paying uh, $1,500, uh, uh, that's quite a lot. But again, when you look at uh, the job that uh, these people do, uh, like the pack guards, the guides, the rangers, the truckers, and uh, the uh, pack uh, management team. So it's a whole lot of work. And uh, the, the operation they do on a daily basis uh, costs a lot. Then on top of that, uh, there is uh, this revenue sharing where part of the money that is paid to the park comes back to the surrounding communities. So at the beginning when the price was uh, 750, so half the, uh, half the price, so the, the share to the community was 5%. But uh, when they increased, from 750 to 1500 uh, US dollars. So the share to the community also doubled, became um, 10%. Now they are getting 150 US dollars per each permit that is bought. How so many, it means they benefited four times. <laughs> how many permits per day are, give, are sold? Uh, 96 permits per day. Okay. And usually groups of eight go up? 12 groups. 12 groups. Uh, yeah. A day. Yeah, because uh, they limit the number of eight people per group. And uh, we are very strict about it. Uh, so if all the permits are sold, uh, for those who are making new bookings, uh, we have to say, I'm sorry, you know, unfortunately, it, it is sold out. So uh, you have to choose another date. Because uh, what we do is to try as much as we can to limit the number that can uh, go to see the gorillas so that they are not surrounded by a big team of people. Yeah. Yeah, and we respect how you approach that in Rwanda because in Hawaii, we see sometimes people going out for a swim with manta rays and there'll be 20 boats and 150 people in the water and three manta rays. And it's it's an overwhelmingly human experience rather than a manta ray experience. So uh, we we thank all of you for protecting them. Uh, 
I will, I want to remind people this, giving money back to the community is really important because the gorillas, when I read Kingdom of Gorillas and Amy Vetter's uh, information on how gorilla tourism got going after Diane Fossey's tragic death, they were going to turn much of that high elevation bamboo into cattle grazing habitat. And uh, so the community is farming potatoes. And what's the other crop we see that white flower? Yeah, that's the pyrethrum, the, the pyrethrum uh, uh, plants that produces uh, white flowers. Uh, and it is used to produce pesticide repellent. Yeah, in fact, in America, if you go to a grocery store or a hardware store and you pick up uh, a garden spray for insects, pyrethrin is the active ingredient. And pyrethrin comes from a flower called pyrethrum, which is a beautiful oh. white daisy that you grow in Rwanda. And I, yeah. so we actually, some of us don't make that connection back to what, that it's a beautiful flower it comes from, but uh, I've seen big fields of it that you walk through getting up to the gorillas. Now I want to come back to gorillas later, but I want to back up a bit. Where did you go to college? What did you study? Uh, well, uh, in my uh, high school, I did do uh, human sciences. But uh, since I was a little boy, my dream was uh, either to work as a, a park guide or a park ranger. For some reasons, I did find my, myself uh, doing human sciences in a, a high school. And uh, when I graduated from high school, that was about 2005, I did get a job at a, a nearby hotel called the Kiniji Guest House. Uh, it was among the only two or three hotels that was in the area by then. So I was working as a, a waiter there, the job that I enjoyed very much because uh, that's where I started practicing my English uh, because uh, my studies have always been uh, in French and in our local language. So seeing uh, or meeting uh, travelers from different parts of the world, uh, most of the language that uh, we're speaking was English. So that was my opportunity to practice my English. Then um, later on, when I wanted to go to college, I said, OK, now I'm going to do what I always uh, wanted to do as a young boy. So I switched from human sciences and I did do the tourism and travel management. So that's what I did at the college in Kigali. Oh, in Kigali. Yes. Kigali is the capital. And uh, which college is that that you went to? Uh, it's called the uh, UTB, University of Tourism and Business Studies. Wonderful. And how many languages do you speak? Uh, I speak four languages. So, so two more? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let me start. Yeah. The Kenya Rwanda, which is our uh, language, our mother tongue, and the only native language you find in Rwanda is the Swahili, which is spoken widely in East Africa, then French and English. Yeah. I, I think most people who first visit Tanzania or Rwanda don't realize that you're actually 
in a confederation of nations in East Africa that includes what, six or seven nations? Yeah, seven nations now. Seven now. Yeah, because we keep getting new members. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Some, there's some protection economically and uh, physically in working with your neighbors instead of competing with them. So that's good. Um, yeah, thank you. Now, when I first met you, you were working at one of the more expensive and luxurious lodges down in uh, southwest Rwanda. Uh, what, what were you doing there? I was, when you first met, I was working at um, uh, Nyunga Forest Lodge, uh, which was um, like a luxury lodge at the southwest of Rwanda, uh, as you mentioned. Uh, very close to Nyungwe National Park. So I was working as a food and beverage uh, supervisor and uh, occasionally working as a guest relations. But always with the dream of being a park ranger or a guide. Yes. yes. And then the, the part of the job I enjoyed very much when I was there was um, like sitting with guests and get to hear from their to hear about their experiences they had in the forest, whether on a hike to the waterfall or going bird watching or people get to hear what they have experienced uh, in, the, in the forest. Lisa and I came to Rwanda first because USAID to International Development paid for us to work with Nyungwe and Ziza, which was means beautiful Nyungwe. And the yes. park, for those who don't know it, is one of the largest kind of undamaged uh, tropical rainforests in Africa on the continent. And so it's it's a headwaters of the Nile. Uh, well, headwaters for the Congo River as well, isn't it? Yes. The western side of it yeah. uh, has streams that go to Congo River. And... Uh, it's 13 species of primates, no mountain gorillas, but uh, what are yes. some of the primates that you see there? Yeah, uh, in Nyungwe, you get to see uh, chimpanzees. Right. You get to see the uh, black and white colobus monkeys. Uh, you get to see the blue monkeys, or some people call them silver monkeys. These uh, red-tailed monkeys, baboons. <laughs> yeah, the mountain monkeys that have got a beautiful uh, white fur around the face. Great face, and they sit by the side of the road, so they're very easy to see. Very easy to see, yeah. Yeah, a few other species too, yeah. I want to take you to where you are right now. You're in another national park. We've mentioned volcanoes. We've mentioned Nyungwe. You're in a very different park, uh, Akegera National Park. And are you with clients this week? Uh, yes. We arrived here uh, yesterday. Uh, I have a, a, a solo traveler. So we arrived here yesterday uh, on Friday afternoon. So we did a little bit of a, a short game drive. But uh, let me first uh, share the location of Akajera uh, so that... Uh, the people who are following us uh, can have an idea of where uh, it's located. So 
The Akagera National Park uh, is located at the eastern part of Rwanda, very close to the border with the Tanzania. And for it, it's more of a savanna park. So we arrived yesterday, we did a, a boat trip, like what you did uh, last time. So we had a, a sunset boat trip, and we like to see uh, hippos and these big crocodiles, Nairo crocodiles, and a, a big herd of uh, Cape buffaloes and species of uh, different species of birds. Because we did close, uh, cruise to one of the islands called Nyirabioro. You probably remember the island because uh, we went to there last time. So we did find, uh, if I remember well on my list, we did find about 45 plus species of birds at that particular island, including the herons, the egret, different types of egrets, uh, kingfishers, and cormorants. Yeah, and the jacana, the bird that some people call Jesus bird because of its wide toes that allows it to work on, uh, to walk on water. <laughs> so the boat was uh, an amazing experience. Yeah, yeah. We should mention that the uh, there are a lot of endemic bird species in Rwanda, and so Nyungwe uh, volcanoes in Akagera is terrific birding for people who are into that because many of our listeners on this podcast are park rangers uh park naturalists uh interpreters at zoos interpreters at aquariums so there's a, a lot of our listeners will be folks that uh, east oh africa, wonderful yeah east africa is a bucket list trip for them in their lives so oh wonderful wonderful amazing what else do you expect to show your clients in the next few days your client Today we had an amazing uh, game drive because uh, we did uh, what we call full day game drive uh, where we drive from the southern part of Akajera all the way to the north. And uh, we did visit uh, different uh, small plains. We saw lions. We saw a big herd of elephants. We saw Maasai giraffes. And uh, we're expecting to see uh, uh, rhinos, you know, uh, in Akajira National Park. Uh, for the last few years, uh, the park did reintroduction of black and white rhinos. So we did not get a chance to see any of the two today. So we are hoping to see uh, one tomorrow. So we are starting our morning with a hot air balloon which is a new activity that is started a couple of months ago. So the time you came, it wasn't open yet. So this time it's part of the activities uh, you can find in the park. So we are going for the host air balloon very early in the morning, the sunrise one, to see uh, the rhinos, black and white rhinos. Yes, for anyone who's been to East Africa, seeing rhinos is a thrill because despite how large they are, they're deceptively difficult to find. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They hide really yeah, well. Uh, <laughs> especially the, 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 the black rhinos, uh, they are very shy. They don't make uh, a herd or groups or a crush, as they call it. So they are in singles, or you find a mom and a baby or... Uh, 
uh, a couple when they are in a mating season. Otherwise, they are very, very shy. You don't get a chance to see them. On the other side, the white rhinos, uh, we've been getting more uh, sightings, uh, frequent sightings, especially when we go to the uh, plains uh, in open areas where they like grazing and they move in groups of about four, five, sometimes 10 all together, uh, which is really good. Yeah, I, I'm really aware that um, black rhinos, I've seen them, but usually mm -hmm. in very often by themselves, one rhino and, and, and the white rhinos more out in the savanna in the grasslands where you could see them from a great distance and then you can try to get closer. So that's cool. Yeah. It brings me to one of the more complicated uh, stories related to Rwanda because when we, well, let me back up and say that Akagera, you mentioned it's right next to Tanzania. And I think most people in America and Europe are here of the Serengeti. And of course, that's the huge national park in um, Western Tanzania. But you're right across the river and you're near the Serengeti and it's the same habitat. And Rwanda has done an amazing job of restoring animals to the landscape that disappeared during the 1994 genocide. You may have seen the movie Hotel Rwanda, which tells the story of the tragic conflict in Rwanda in 1994 and the genocide. I think people don't realize that difficult things happen. We had a civil war in the United States in the 1800s, and yet you rebuild from that. What's what's it like in Rwanda now in terms of safety and yeah, well, yeah. Thank you very much, Tim, uh, for for that question. So Rwanda is a. Uh, it's true that uh, it has gone through tragic uh, past, especially the genocide that costed lives of uh, more than a million, and uh, it left the country completely destroyed, and uh, many people uh, displaced. Uh, in neighboring countries. But uh, since it was stopped 29 years ago, we'll be inherited to the future generations. So Rwanda has been uh, one of the safest countries in Africa, if it's not on top. But um, uh, we have a safe country, very clean, uh, a country that is developing, a country that is giving opportunities to every citizen, including women, uh, which were not considered in the very past. In fact, our parliament is today number one in the world to have a high number of women as a, a parliament members. So the economy of Rwanda has been growing uh, at a rate of between 4.5 to around 6.3%. Uh, every year, and the education system has been uh, working very well. It's now mandatory that uh, all the kids have to go to school, and the, the primary education and the secondary education is free. So parents get to take care only of uniforms and books, but uh, it's mandatory that all the kids have to go to school. And also, uh, 
infrastructures. You must have seen our roads, you know, driving from Akajera to Volcanoes National Park or from Volcanoes National Park to the capital city, Kigali. So all these major roads are smooth, very well done. Electricity is almost everywhere. Internet is almost everywhere. Now we are talking, <laughs> we are speaking. Um, in the middle of the park, but I still have uh, internet connection. And it's the same uh, everywhere else. So basically, the country has been developing and we have uh, a good uh, uh, hope for the future. And the people feel very safe. And every traveler or everybody who comes to Rwanda, so we have a big international community that lives here. Uh, people from Nigeria, people from South Africa, people from United States, from Europe, and they feel safe. Yeah. One of the unique experiences for me is to drive through Kigali at night and women and children walking down the street, well-lit streets. And I've been in many nations that have a lot of tourism where the hotel says, uh, please don't go outside the hotel grounds at night and walk, it's, it's dangerous. Rwanda never feels that way. And yet we always take people to your, um, what's the name of the Memorial Museum in Kigali that tells the yeah, story? Yeah, it's the uh, Kigali Genocide Memorial. And we take people there first. Uh, first of all, it's, it's the mass grave of, a, I think, about a quarter of a million people who lost their lives in the early days of the genocide. And it's touching and it's heartbreaking to watch people put flowers on that memorial area. And yet the exhibitry tells the story very well. And I just, to me, it helps orient people and helps them understand that most nations have something that's tragic in their past. And Rwanda, more than many countries, has not only grown from it and learned from it, but I I was uh, amazed last time we were up at Akagera with you to see signs that referred to zip line. Now, in Hawaii, where I live, zip line is a cable through the forest that you slide on. And zip line, Rwanda is a drone service that delivers blood and medications to remote clinics and hospitals in just a matter of a few minutes. It's one of the most progressive yeah. systems of medical delivery in the world. Yeah, uh, that, that's true. Uh, Rwanda has been uh, uh, welcoming initiatives that uh, change or uh, contribute to the change of their lives of the people and the zipline has been uh, really doing a very good job uh, so i did talk to one of the uh, managers at the zipline when i had uh, an opportunity to visit the center with uh, my group so they said uh, because some of the roads in remote areas can take forever to uh, for a vehicle to supply medical equipment so he did tell us that uh, road trip that is done by a vehicle bringing medical equipment from a, a town, the same town where a zipline center is to that hospital, 
it can take three and a half hours. But uh, this drone will use between five to seven minutes. That's great. To deliver, <laughs> to deliver the, the package. So, yeah, and we've had uh, uh, different initiatives like the, uh, uh, the rehabilitation of uh, swamps and marshes within Kigari City, where people used to uh, settle as cheaper uh, area to build their, their homes. But uh, during the rain season, uh, it gets flooded and it becomes very difficult. The uptime is very good because during the weekends, people can go there, do bird watching and uh, hike around or walk around. So uh, those are the kind of initiatives that are taking place and we love it. Yes, I saw that when we were there uh, in 2022 and uh, part of what has been amazing for us just having uh, about a 11 year history and traveling to Rwanda and back that uh, the change every time we're there is just dramatic and is wonderful. In fact, there's two things I want to mention that I don't want to lose. First of all, the French description of Rwanda very often is Milkulin, because one of the amazing things about your landscape that makes roads difficult to build and distances take more time to travel is you're called the land of a thousand hills. Yes. Yeah, it's because it's hilly everywhere. <laughs> ah, yeah. Our roads are windy and, uh, you know, climbing, going down. Yeah, beautiful. But uh, if somebody troubles here, yeah, you expect to see uh, endless, endless hills. The second thing I wanted to mention was in my experience in travel, I've been in about 27 countries. You're the cleanest country in the world that I have ever seen. Much cleaner than any European nation. Oh, thank you much cleaner than America. We're a tourist island. You're much cleaner than our area. Why is that? Oh, thank you very much. So um, there are two things that have been uh, put in place uh, to be able to have a clean country like what you experienced when you were here. So number one, uh, Rwanda does not accept the use of plastic bags because uh, our government, uh, led by uh, uh, President Kagame, uh, they have established a law that uh, is environmental uh, friendly. Uh, we want to be a country that uh, is more environmental oriented. So the law says that uh, there is no import or uh, people cannot bring uh, plastic bags in the country. So if you go shopping, if you go uh, to grocery stores, you are given paper bags, which are easy to uh, uh, to recycle. So that's number one. Number two is that uh, every end of the month, every last Saturday of the month, we all come together, like everybody from 16 years old and above, we all come together and do the uh, cleaning. So we clean our streets, we clean our uh, neighborhoods. Uh, we go to places that need more attention. 
and we uh, collect every trash that we find around and trucks will come and collect everything that we have uh, gathered and take them to the recycling place. So that has been really helping the country to, uh, uh, has been keeping the country very clean and also saving uh, much money to the government so that uh, the government can invest in other areas or can focus on other areas. Yeah. What's the name of that program? Uh, the program is called the uh, Umuganda. So Umuganda is our local language, yep. but meaning putting hands together. Oh, that's great. You may know from, because we're Facebook friends, I I pick up, every morning I pick up litter off of our road. And our little five-mile road is a winding road down a mountainside to the ocean. And I pick up 18,000 items of litter a year off of five miles of road. And I recycle about 5,000 of those. But I'm just astonished that that Americans use the windows of our automobiles as a trash container. And, And yet in Hawaii... The native Hawaiians have a concept called uh, malama aina, which means take care of the earth. And uh, I think, mm-hmm. you That's know, a very good one. Uh, we have a cultural conflict. So umaganda is a wonderful concept. Uh, we only have a few minutes left. And I wanted to ask before we leave, do some cultural experiences in Rwanda. I'm interested in hearing a little bit about that. And what it, what's kind of the perfect visit if somebody was thinking of spending their vacation in Rwanda what are some of the kind of things you could put together that are cultural and natural and all of that thank you so Rwanda is um, a small country where you can cover almost the whole country within a week or let's say uh, 10 days so basically I would start with a, a tour of Kigali to get to experience the life uh, in the city. And uh, part of it is going to the uh, open market to meet local people bringing fresh produce from their farms uh, and selling. So that's a uh, part of the cultural experience that uh, uh, I offer. Then uh, from there, I go to Nyongwe for two nights where people can get to see chimpanzees and maybe experience the canopy walkway, the suspension bridge that offers stunning view of the forest. And along the way, you get to meet different types of birds and uh, monkeys. So, and the landscape of that area is beautiful. Then uh, from there, we go to Volcanoes National Park for another two or three nights, uh, visiting uh, majestic mountain gorillas and the golden monkeys that are both endemic to that region. Uh, they cannot be found anywhere else apart from that region. Then I, w- while we are there, I like taking people on a village walk where we get to see the uh, authentic life of uh, uh, Rwandans, especially walking through my village, meeting people doing the farming using hoes. Uh, we don't use any machines during our uh, in our farming. 
So it's all done by hand. So taking part of uh, uh, hoeing or getting to see how people do the farming using uh, these traditional tools, it's very nice. And also the villagers love dancing for us, our traditional uh, songs and our traditional uh, uh, dancing. Then you end by going to Akajera National Park for game drives and a boat trip. So on top of that, now we have the hot air balloon that uh, we are offering and also a night uh, safari. So basically another two nights, three nights in a, a Kajera National Park, doing a little bit of shopping of local artisans, uh, because they must have seen that we have beautiful uh, arts, especially the imigongo, the ones with the different colorful patterns and peace baskets that women weave here. <laughs> we have both yeah. in our home and your beautiful wall hangings that are colorful. And I, it's, a, it's amazing art. I even see little dolls made out of, I don't know, corn, uh, banana or corn husk or something that uh, depict various scenes mm -hmm. in Rwanda. So beautiful. Yeah, yeah, thank you. So that would give a complete experience of, uh, of Rwanda. Yeah, because you get to see the local life, you get to see the, our national parks, and you get to see the, the culture of Rwanda. I think my friends have heard me say over and over again, my favorite place to stay in the world is Ruzizi Tented Lodge in Akigera National Park. Uh, <laughs> We, we had the joy and wonder of staying there for a week at a time while doing training with community guides and for uh, the uh, African Parks Foundation. And, oh. Yeah. Well, that place is beautiful. Beautiful. Very well made. Well, you stay on a in a tented lodge that has a bathroom with flush toilets and a shower and 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 yet you are looking out onto water with Nile crocodiles, uh, the beautiful eagles that come in to fish every morning. I, it's astonishing. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, my traveler told me that. Uh, yeah, he did. She did wake up at uh, two thirty. She was awakened by uh, hippos uh, that were making noise, trying to chase each other. I think defending territory and she could hear them running right <laughs> under the the platform of her tent. Yes. So we... then she never slept again because she kept hearing different voices of the forest, yeah, which was very, very nice. The, it was her first experience spending a night uh, in that kind of environment. <laughs> I I think the uniqueness of it even if you go without sleep for a night because you're listening to hippos or elephants or lions roaring in the distance. I, I remember when we were with you a year ago, a year and a quarter ago, so the night drive, unexpectedly, we got into a pride of lions. We saw leopards. It, it was just amazing. So kudos. You, you do a great job, Jean-Marie. I, I think our adventure with you in 2022 is one of the best ever and so my... oh thank you very much yeah it's a big pressure for us when uh, you appreciate what we have here 
and when we see all the changes that uh, uh you know uh, tourism contributes a lot to the economy of the country and they uh, personally uh, i have really progressed uh, because of tourism and many other colleagues of mine uh, local communities everybody benefits from the tourism and the existence of these national parks so if you come here you appreciate what we have uh, you achieve your goals it's really uh, it means a lot to us well i just want to say that if anybody is listening and wants to go on an amazing experience in rwanda that includes mountain gorillas lions uh, chimpanzees all of these different wildlife experiences great birding and incredible cultural experiences in villages in in kigali the capital city uh, how would they get in touch with you and how would they book a trip yeah uh, thank you very much so the best way to uh contact me is via uh email uh, i have a website called uh, uh wild.com but uh, i have a, a very active uh, instagram page yes you that, do uh, you can also yeah visit it's called the jamari world uh go there and follow me and send a dm even if it's hello or uh aloha i will immediately uh reply and we can plan a trip right there so yeah. i'm also very active on uh, uh instagram and uh, uh my email is jamari wild dot safaris at gmail.com but the email is mentioned on all my social media so basically when you go to google search or to uh, facebook or instagram and write jamari wild uh, my pages will automatically show up and... wild is on every one of your different contact points and uh your pronunciation, you grew up speaking French in Kenya, Rwanda. You say Jean-Marie Will, and I say Jean-Marie Wild. <laughs> the yes. <laughs> yeah. I think Jean-Marie Wild is more is more correct. Well, more common in America anyway. Uh, I would just encourage anyone, most of us uh, who've worked in this field of interpretive guiding or uh, adventure guiding, are conservationists. We, we've spent some important part of our life trying to protect wild places and uh, indigenous cultures. And I would remind everyone that when you see a price tag on a trip of 10 days, that's six or seven or $800 a day, that a big piece of that is paying for these park entry fees or licenses to visit wildlife, that you're protecting those places and those those experiences year round. You're not just paying for a, a trip. You're you're helping invest in the future of that, of protecting that ecosystem. So, well, Jean-Marie, I look forward to seeing you again in person and in Rwanda. So, and by the way, I should mention that Jean-Marie is on TripAdvisor.com and has an average 5.0 uh, review on there. And I would also mention that he has friends in other East African nations. And so if you're trying to figure out to how to also visit Tanzania 
or Uganda. He has friends in those countries that are guides, and he can help you link up with that kind of experience. Is that a fair statement? Yes, please. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much, Tim. And uh, it was such a pleasure to spend this time uh, talking with you. And I thank you very much for the support uh, to the conservation in Rwanda. Thank you very much for the support uh, of the skills because uh, you have trained in all three national parks and the training that you have offered to us uh, had a very big impact, a very positive impact on our service deliveries in terms of interpretation and uh, hospitality, uh, things like that. So uh, it's a big pleasure for us and I look forward to meeting you again in the near future. Well, thank you for saying that. Uh, we think you're the gold standard, that you're doing a great job. So keep it up. And I look forward to seeing you the next time. Aloha. We are, I must mention, in Hawaii, we are 12 time zones away. I'm talking to Jean-Marie at 8 a.m. on a Saturday. It's 8 p.m. He's had a full day in the park with a client. So aloha. Oh, thank you very much, Tim. Aloha. Thanks, Jean-Marie, for joining me on Reflections on Interpretation, talking story with guides and interpreters. We've been fortunate to travel with Jean-Marie on past trips to Rwanda. If you would like to book a trip yourself, you can contact Jean-Marie directly, as he mentioned, or if you'd like to participate in one of our heartfelt excursions, you can contact me at timfmerriman at gmail.com. We try to book a trip for us and eight to 10 traveling companions almost every year. And Jean-Marie is one of our preferred providers on our trips in East Africa. We also take small groups to Tanzania, and so sometimes we do a combo trip to both countries. If you'd just like more advice about uh, travel and trips to East Africa, let us know. Next week, I'll be talking with Christian Guernes of Isthmian Adventures in Panama. He is a, an interpretive guide and naturalist. And I'd like to thank Mark Stoffel, as usual, for Buckminster Waltz from his Coffee and Cake album, Wonderful Mandolin Music. Also, I would remind you, if you have an interest in a certified interpretive guide course, I have one coming up September 25th, October 4th. You can learn more about it at interpnet.com on their calendar of certification and training events. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you next week, we hope, or we'll talk to you. Have a wonderful week. Aloha.